This podcast features topics about sexual assault and rape. Discretion is advised. If you're seeking help, the National Sexual Assault Hotline is 1-800-656-4673. It's time we start bringing our attention to something a little closer to campus. It's happened to your friends, your roommate, the girl who sits across from you in class, and the boy you pass on the way back to your dorm. It's sexual assault and rape, and it's time we talked. You're listening to Call It What It Is, a five-part podcast that focuses on sexual assault on college campuses by featuring victim stories and the resources that are available to them. I'm your host, Rachel Bandy, and it's time we started calling it what it is. In this episode, an anonymous Marquette Jr. shares her story of sexual assault. Because she has chosen to remain anonymous, her voice has been altered. During her first few weeks of school, the victim had experienced sexual assault. The American Association of Universities found that freshmen are at the highest risk of sexual assault. Each year, the number goes lower. My freshman year, just a few weeks after coming to Marquette, and being away from home for the first time. I was in my dorm with a bunch of my new friends and we had decided that we wanted to play a drinking game to a movie and just have a big night all together. I decided to invite a few of my friends from high school that went to Marquette as well so I felt a little more comfortable and was really excited and wanted all my friends to get to know each other. Later on after like taking a ton of shots throughout the movie we were watching, I ended up blacking out. And I don't remember much of the conversations that we had, the things that we did, or any of the crazy pictures that we took. Um, My new college friends decided to go out to a party and they left me alone with a guy from my high school. And they thought it was fine because we all already knew each other and a lot of my other high school friends too left because he was a great guy and We were friends, so why wouldn't we stay together? I don't remember anybody leaving. I don't remember anything that anybody talked about. All I remember was really coming to when I was forced to do stuff with him. Thinking back on it now, I'm proud that I said no. I'm proud that I pushed him away and told him multiple times how drunk I was so he could realize and and I'm proud that I never talked to him again or tried to reach out or anything. Um, I had never done anything like that with anybody before, and I was more hurt than anything that it happened that way. I'm the type of person that wants to share intimate moments and kisses and hugs and even simple things like that with people that really matter to me, that I love, and that I'm close with on a deeper level than just drinking buddies or even friends. And it did happen with somebody that I cared about, but definitely not enough, and the person didn't care about me at all. And I was just hurt in the end. After it happened and everything kind of sunk in, I didn't know who to talk to. I didn't know anybody that had been sexually assaulted before. Um, And I learned a little bit about it in orientation, but other than that, I didn't know who to reach out to. I didn't want to tell my friends from home because they were friends with him, and I didn't want to tell my friends at college because I didn't want 
to look like a slut, and I didn't want to tell my mom because of all the same reasons. And I, I told one person the night that it happened, and a person I had just met a week before, and he's still one of my good friends today. But I moved forward with my life. I made sure not to see him. I thought that I was the only person in the world that this could happen to. I didn't really have the courage to tell anybody that I was close with that it happened to me until about a year and a half later when um, my best friend from home told me that she was sexually assaulted too. And we cried together and I finally felt okay, um, but it was after a year and a half. I am proud that the world has changed within the past few years. This experience happened to me about almost four years ago. And I think that the reason I didn't tell anybody, the reason I wasn't educated enough on sexual assault was really because of where we were in our world. And I'm happy that now it's something more talked about, it's something more comfortably understood. I think that it has changed a lot. I was definitely changed by this, my experience that I had my freshman year. Um, it didn't change my excitement about college, it didn't change my love for college, but it definitely made me wary of others and it took me a really, really long time to trust anybody else again. And it ruined a lot of possible relationships my freshman year of college um, because I wasn't myself at all. I'm thankful for the friends that I had in the moment and I finally told them our junior year what had happened on the night, just three weeks into school where we were all together, where they had this great memory of the night and that had happened to me. And they were just as supportive as I knew they would have been that day if I had told them. I don't know if I would have told anybody if the world hadn't changed within the past four years the way that it has. And I don't know if I would have told anybody if my best friend from home hadn't told me about her experience. I still haven't told my family or even my friends that I've made throughout college the past four years. But I hope to see progress and I hope to see justice and I hope to see understanding and hopefully just a better outcome and less of this happening and less of these stories happening and less of the hurt happening. I know, I know that it was hard for me to be alone and I started getting better when I told my best friend and even though it was really scary and I truly only did it because she had told me about her story. It helped immensely and it made me feel like I wasn't alone anymore and it made me feel like it wasn't my fault. And it's important so I hope everybody can find closure and find understanding like that. Next I will be having an interview with a resident advisor. Resident advisors' main duty is to provide assistance and be a mentor for students that live in their respective dorms and floors. RAs are usually seen as an older student who you could turn to for advice or security,
and they can help with the transition from high school to college, from parental control to a world of freedom. Ari spent hours training on how to handle a wide array of scenarios involving students, including those affected by sexual assault. If approached by a student about an experience with sexual assault, RAs are mandated reporters, meaning that they have to report the incident to their supervisor no matter what. Next, a Marquette senior, Mary Tate, will share what her job entails as a resident advisor and how she is trained to handle students who come to her with the stories of sexual assault. My name is Mary Tate, and I am a third-year resident assistant in the first-year residence hall, Abbotsford Hall. My main responsibilities as an RA are really focused around the community and fostering an inclusive community, not only within the building, but also specifically on the floor. So I've been serving on the eighth floor for three years and part of building an inclusive community could mean handling issues of safety or mental health, enforcing policy violations, or just being a shoulder to lean on in a time of need. Also being someone who disseminates information about the building or about campus, especially with the first years. That's a really big part of the freshman experience is having someone who is in this RA role who is willing to help out and kind of guide them along their first year of their Marquette experience. So some of the responsibilities when someone has been sexually assaulted or know someone who has and they come to me, um, my first priority is making sure that the individual feels safe. And this could be really in a, really depends on the situation. So most of the time in cases where a sexual assault is brought up, it is the resident themselves coming to me and saying, I think I was sexually assaulted or I was sexually assaulted. And from there, they are encouraged to share whatever they want to share with me and I'm really there as a listening ear and an empathetic ally with them in their journey of trying to process this trauma of sexual assault. So first ensuring that, you know, are they feeling safe in this space and safe talking to me? And also being a mandated reporter, I do have to bring in outside help. And that's really just because although we get training on some general counseling techniques and active listening skills. I'm obviously not a trained professional. I'm not a trained psychologist or counselor in any way, shape, or form. So when I first hear the words, you know, I was hurt, I was sexually assaulted, the first thing is expressing my empathy to them. And then if they are sharing their story with me and feel comfortable with it, I will also tell them at that time that whatever they share with me, I have to I have to bring in someone else, and that being the hall director first. So giving a call to the hall director on duty on the weekend or if it's during business hours, the hall director of the building. So typically it will happen after hours, though, so it will be a call to the hall director on duty. From there, the hall director on duty will come join join us in the conversation and the hall director is really the whole purpose of bringing them in is so that the 
the victim of this sexual assault is able to have their resources and are given all of the opportunities that they have in front of them. The hall director will, should the person feel comfortable, will also listen with this in on the story and will also call the victim advocate. So there is a victim advocate on call 24-7 at Marquette and they are really the ones that are working with the student and kind of helping them through those tough first decisions of where they want to go from there. And something I want to emphasize is that this is a process in which the goal is to empower the survivor of the assault. It's not, this is what you have to do. These are all the steps you have to take. It's what do you feel comfortable sharing? What do you want to do? Whether that be reporting it to MUPD or just going into the counseling center and having someone to listen to. That's really the decision of the survivor and not something that any of us in the process, so me, the hall director, and the victim advocate, that's not anything that we pressure upon that person. And it could really stay at those three people and those be the three only people that hear about this and just making sure that they have the support they need because it is a really, really trying time. So after the incident... There's really not a set guideline of following up. So we are not expected to follow up with the the resident who comes to us with stating that they have outcry of sexual assault. And that's really because at that point, we have other people on board. We have the hall director who's in the loop and the victim advocate. The victim advocate is really the person that's going to be following up with the individual and making sure they have all their resources and feeling the support that they need. So there's no expectation of follow-up, but that being said, um, I don't know a single RA who does not follow up. I typically, depending on the person who it is, so if it is a resident and they feel comfortable with me and discussing with me, I will follow up multiple times with them, depending on at what point in the year it happens. But could be throughout the year and seeing how they're doing. Or it could just be a follow-up a few days later and, and saying, you know, this was a really difficult thing and I can see how much is affecting you. What can I do to help? And although that's not an expectation by the Office of Residence Life, we're all hired because as RAs because we have such a love for others and a desire to help form first and second year students to become the best people that they can be. So although I answered before with who I report to, just so you have a clear guideline of where the report goes. When I first hear of an incident, that is a call to a hall director, whether that be the hall director on duty or the hall director of the building. That depends on the hour. And at that point, the hall director will come in, join the conversation. We'll also call the victim advocate and bring them on board. And that's really it. And from there, it's whatever the survivor wants, they get to choose from there. It can stop at us three, or it can go on to, I want to tell my dean. I want to report this to the school. I want actions outside of just my own personal progress with working through this event. It's really about empowering that individual in whatever they feel that they want to do and what is necessary for them. One last thing that I will say is that 
sexual assault is a very, very difficult topic for a lot of people. And part of that is because there are just so many people who have been affected by it. Working alongside staff members who I know who have had to go through sexual assault, myself who has been sexually assaulted, knowing sorority sisters and people in academic spaces and parents and outside friends. It's this globalized issue that affects so many. And as a resident assistant, it has really been my goal throughout these three years for those who have felt comfortable enough coming to me in these situations to understand that there is support and that it does not need to be a, you're doing this alone, this happened to you and you have to deal with it. No, that's not how it works. I'm going to be there for you. The hall director is going to be there for you. The victim advocates are going to be there for you. And anyone else that you want to be in it alongside with you will be in it. But that's really, it's up to you to decide who you want to tell and on what terms you want to tell them. And I think that's something that there's this misconception that as being a mandated reporter, it's taking away the power of the individual and it's the opposite. It's empowering them by giving them the resources that they need to be able to work through this because it is a traumatic experience and people can't do it alone. So knowing that they have people in their corner and who are willing to support them is something that I've really appreciated about the RA position and knowing that even if it was just one person who came to me, knowing that I had an impact in their life is very powerful and that it's not just resident assistants either. It's the entire community that is working alongside these individuals and helping them to work through whatever they need. The Association of American Universities found in their campus climate survey the rates of reporting to campus officials and law enforcement are low, ranging from 5% to 28%, depending on the specific type of behavior. The majority of instances of sexual violence are unreported. The big reason why that is, is students don't know how to identify what's happened, and even when they do, they're afraid to come forward. A good first step is to talk to someone who could support you whether that's friends, a counselor, or a resource like an RA or a victim advocate. Universities do need to do more, though, to help students when it comes to sexual assault. 63% of college students surveyed thought that campus officials would take their report of sexual assault seriously, but only 49% believed that it would be very likely for a fair investigation of the sexual assault to occur. It's up to universities to create a place where victims feel supported and believed where they could come forward and something will be done. This could involve more prosecution of those accused, more funds spent on policing those accused and aiding the victims, and giving students a safer environment. Universities should also focus on victims' mental state, like more access to counseling services and more academic support, like deadline extensions or even a break school requirements as a whole. Universities could see a rise in reporting if victims feel they can trust their school. My hope with this podcast is more people who have similar stories will feel more confident in moving forward. 
whether moving forward be seeking help from a counselor, friend, victim advocate, or an RA, or sharing their story so others do not feel alone as well. The fight to end sexual assault on college campuses starts with us, the students, the friends, the classmates, the victims. I'm your host, Rachel Bandy, and this is my podcast, Call It What It Is. On my final episode, I will be sharing one final victim story along with a poem by another student who was also a victim of sexual assault.